0: From GreenBiz Group, welcome to Center Stage, the best of live interviews from GreenBiz Events. I'm Joel McCower.
1: It, it's a three year uh, process, and really from day one, you have to follow organic practices for three years, and then at the end of that three years, you're not guaranteed USDA organic certification.
0: David Denholm is CEO of the cereal company Kashi. He spoke to Greenbiz editorial director Heather Clancy at the Greenbiz conference in February 2017 in Phoenix, Arizona about the scaling of organic food, the lengthy and expensive journey for farmers moving to organic, and investments and uncertainty that can come with making the leap from conventional to organic agriculture. Let's listen in.
2: As I was prepping for this discussion, I did some research on the organics industry. Um, organic agriculture in 2015 accounted for about $40 billion of the, of the food sales in the United States. Now, if you think about that number, it's only about 5%. And I, I haven't seen the numbers for last year, I don't know if the full, full ones are out, but um, when you get to thinking about 5%, um, that actually is a pretty, it sounds small, but frankly it's a pretty impressive number based on the amount of farmland that is dedicated to organics. It's only 1% of the United States. And one of the reasons for that is it's so darn hard and expensive to get certified. So um, we invited the Kashi folks, David Denholm, the CEO of Kashi, to talk about a program that they started to help farmers. They said, it takes a long time to get there. How can we help them get there? How can we help the farmers to get there? So please welcome David.
1: Thank Let's you, Heather. Let's sit down.
2: Let's not stand up the whole Let's time. Don't stand Um, And uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you, you you introduced this program last year. It gets farmers to start thinking about how they can switch and helps them with the money they need to get there. So tell me about the program. What was the intention and what progress have you made since it it was about a year ago that it was announced?
1: Yeah, it was about a year ago. So good morning, everyone here in the room and those watching online. I'm delighted to be here today to talk about our effort behind Certified Transitional. And as Heather outlined, Uh, We're seeing double-digit growth in demand for organic products, yet less than 1% of US farmland is organic. And we see uh, an opportunity to make it easier for farmers to transition farmland from conventional farming to organic. So what Certified Transitional is, it's a third-party certified protocol that recognizes and rewards farmers during that three-year conversion period where they are following organic practices on their their farm. And at Kashi, we've been in the organic uh, business since the 90s. We were one of the first companies to have a USDA organic certified cereal back in 2002. And we've seen firsthand some of the challenges of actually procuring organic ingredients, particularly when you have a range of products. And I'm sure some of you in the room Uh, part of organizations who are working through that challenge as well, thinking about what percentage of our portfolio should be organic, should it be all, how long will it take to transition, what do our consumers look for, what do our customers look for. So it certainly is a a big opportunity, we believe, to help farmers. And where this all started, Heather, was uh, 18 months ago. So the genesis of this was 18 months ago, Our team were out visiting a farm in the Midwest. We were talking to a farmer named Karen, who was an organic farmer. And Karen had been through that transition from conventional farming on her farm in the Midwest to organic. And when we were talking to Karen, she echoed what we already knew, that it's challenging for farmers to transition. So as you said in your introduction, there are some uh, challenges such as costs related to it, so you may have to buy uh, new capital uh, infrastructure. Uh, Some examples would be potentially new silos to segregate, uh, new farm management plans. And when you adopt a new farm management plan, if you have a loan for your farm with the bank, you may have to go and renegotiate. There's also a whole array of paperwork to meet USDA organic to to manage that farm. it is uh, a you've challenge. Got
2: to take, you've got to take farmland out of, out of use, essentially, to, to help it.
1: Yes, yeah. it, it's a three-year uh, process. And really, from day one, you have to follow organic practices for three years. And then at the end of that three years, you're not guaranteed USDA organic certification. Yeah. You actually have to apply for it and, and then receive it. But what Karen said that really surprised our team And it was that sort of oh wow moment uh, for us 18 months ago. She said that she would be more likely to buy a product at the store that was from a farm that was converting or transitioning to organic than she would buy a product that was USDA organic certified. And that was like, really? This is coming from someone who's passionate about organic, and really, you know, believes strongly in organic food, and yet she would vote with her dollars to buy a product because she knows, Karen knows how challenging it is, and Karen wants to help farmers during that most challenging of periods.
2: Do, do you feel like the consumers know how challenging it is? I mean, so Karen understands that transitional label, and we won't, yeah. we don't have to keep using yeah. that word, but that label, she would get that, but would it... How would a consumer understand what that means?
1: Well, Heather, over the years, there have been a lot of initiatives to really assist farmers uh, with this challenge. But these initiatives really haven't gone to the store level. So they've been more at the farm level. And, And to your point, they haven't really engaged consumers. So what Karen highlighted to us and what our team really got excited about is how can we engage Consumers, obviously customers as well to to support products, put them on their physical shelf or their virtual shelf. Uh, So for customers to support it and then consumers to build awareness. And so what Certified Transitional does is it provides the first kind of seed to store uh, solution because products are clearly labeled and we have efforts underway to build awareness around certified transitional at a consumer level.
2: So the first product was the dark cocoa karma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, what what was it, and and what what are the what's in it? What's, what's right. what uh, is the crop that it was?
1: Yeah. So Heather, we uh, as I said, it was 18 months ago that the team identified this opportunity, and we launched a product last August and it was called Dark Cocoa Karma and it's a wheat-based product and we ex- we were excited to start with wheat because wheat is a globally traded, you know, commodity. And so what you find is it's more difficult for some wheat farmers to actually transition to organic because they you know, in many cases don't have the financial resources to do that. So we were able to partner Uh, with farmers to actually convert farmland from uh, conventional farming to organic. So that was that product, and that's been a very successful launch for us. Uh, We have found it to be our best-selling cereal in the last five years, and we're thrilled to have that out in the marketplace.
2: So the cereal specifically uses only wheat from the transitional farms?
1: That's right. We uh, uh, have uh, transitional wheat in that product, and uh, that that farm is uh, in transition over a three year period, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that is uh, the so ingredient. Th-
2: to go back to the the, Karen, the example of Karen, um, I don't know, and I don't know how Kashi sources its 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 uh, grains, whether you have you own organizations or you own some or and you buy from others. But maybe that's something you should talk about, like sure. Karen. Why was it in her interest? Like was she was she an independent farmer who who just really wanted to go there and sell to a lot of people, or is she only tied to you? Uh,
1: no, Karen wasn't only tied to us. She was uh, 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 doing organic farming, not just for uh, uh, selling her products, but also for her family. And uh, what, what we find is happening in the industry when we step back and had a look at this is there is the presence of vertical integration, and some of you might have heard that term before, but it really relates to the fact that because supply of organic is not keeping pace with demand, we have a situation where some companies are actually buying up their own farmland or even putting in place very long-term contracts for organic supply. And that is really termed vertical integration. And why they're doing that is to make sure they have that continuity of supply for organic ingredients. Now, what economic theory tells you is uh, companies vertically integrate when there's market failure. It's normally the case, if you look at industries, companies move out of their core competencies into other areas because there's market failure. Now, for some companies, it does work for them to, to have their own farmland, and, and that's fine. But in general, uh, we think an open-source approach is much better. So we partnered with QAI, right. Quality Assurance International. They're a third-party uh, Accredited certifying body. They're also a USDA organic accredited certifying body. And from the outset, we didn't want to make this our protocol. Uh, we wanted it to be what we refer to as an open source protocol. And this opportunity is bigger than uh, Kashi. It's bigger than any one brand and bigger than any one industry. For example, uh, organic cotton is uh, is is challenging to source. It's got some of the same challenges as some food based ingredients. And so, if this is something that can apply to food, to fashion, and so QAI had worked with external stakeholders and got a lot of feedback on the protocol to ensure that uh, it could work for uh, uh, different industries as well.
2: So, uh, this could could be a totally different tangent, but uh, not sure how much of your sales are U.S. versus other countries. But does this is this specific only to the United States? Um, or is there another um, idea, a similar idea that could be used elsewhere? Or is it not isn't big of a deal elsewhere?
1: The, the situation, Heather, is uh, it really differs by country in terms of this supply and demand balance. Uh, from my accent, you can probably tell I'm Australian. And uh, in Australia... But like San Diego? <laughs> yeah, I live in San Diego. Uh, it's a great location for an Australian to live in. Uh, We um, uh, see in Australia that there's a lot of uh, uh, production or increasing production of organic. In the case of Australia, uh, a lot of that is exported up to Asia. So when you look at the situation of the availability in Australia of organic ingredients, you end up in a situation where really demand is outstripping supply, and you can end up in a situation where organic becomes a luxury item and that, that's the case in Australia, and uh, talking to others, uh, that there's different nuances around the world, but our effort is principally focused on the, the U.S. market at this okay. point. Okay,
2: okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just call out that anyone in the virtual or real audience is uh, able to send questions over to the sidebar um, with the hashtag for the GreenBiz Conference or Elaine at, tweet at Elaine is here. We'll go over them in a moment for some questions, but um, just to kind of, again, go back to, uh, Elaine, excuse me, Karen. Yeah. As Karen um, uh, scales up her operation, the hope is, I suppose, that other organizations will use this same label, if you want to call it that, or same uh, declaration of transition, <laughs> um, is that the case? I mean, you're hoping that others, other organizations will, will use the same label? Have others jumped on board of the, the program since it is open source?
1: Yeah, the the uh, uh, program, as I said, we, we launched our first product uh, last August, and we're actually announcing this week the launch of uh, four new products, uh, uh, nut butter bars that are made with certified transitional ingredients, and we're really excited about that because that... Um, has broadened the array, the sourcing of ingredients from farms that are transitioning. So we talked before about just sourcing wheat. Right. And uh, now we're also sourcing uh, organic uh, uh, almonds, dates, uh, and even sorghum. So not technically uh, USDA certified organic at the moment, but coming from farms that are uh, going through that right. transition to organic. And so in the case of Karen, uh, and farmers that grow more than one crop, et cetera, uh, as more companies come on board and as companies like ours build out our portfolio, it does create an opportunity to convert more farmland to organic because uh, we wanna make organic food more accessible to more people Mm -hmm. and less than 1% of US farmland's organic. And in the case of almonds, for example, even for our needs in procuring almonds, there aren't enough organic almonds available in the United States just to meet the needs of the Kashi company. Uh, so we partnered with uh, a farmer, uh, Richard, who was uh, uh, growing organic, uh, growing almonds uh, with an aspiration to go to organic. We partnered with him, and he gets the benefit from us of paying a price for those almonds somewhere between what you would pay for a conventional almond crop and what you would pay for a USDA organic certified almond crop.
2: I love that you're on a first name basis with all of these guys, (laughs) but um, people know the Kashi name, but they probably know your parents name better, Kellogg's. Um, So how does this, how does your parent organization benefit from what's going on here? Is Is there a plan to make this part of their plan as
1: well? Yeah, we uh, were acquired in 2001 by the Kellogg company, so we've been owned uh, for quite some time. Yep. And uh, uh, we are operating very autonomously, however, in, in terms of the Kashi company Sourcing. out in uh, Solana Beach, to be more precise, in San Diego. Uh, I'm always promoting San Diego. <laughs> so uh, Solana Beach is where we're headquartered, and, and our team really operates all the functions. Uh, Kellogg is very supportive of our efforts. They are uh, um, obviously uh, making a lot of progress themselves around sustainability. And uh, what they have done on occasion has helped us. They've helped us a little bit with procurement and quality uh, from time to time throughout this initiative. So they've been very supportive.
2: Okay. Elaine. Hello. Hi. Good morning, ladies. Hi. Hi. Good what, morning. What questions do we have from the audience? Great questions so far. So, um, we have quite a few questions, but we will just pick one if we only have time. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, considering that the transition takes three years, do you have a team that is constantly looking for new conventional farmers to start the transition so that you don't run out of supply?
1: Yeah, that's a a great Great question from the sidebar. They're not as good as your questions, though, (laughs) Heather. No, uh, they're better questions.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: It is, uh, uh, in our view, a really positive feature of this that it's an ongoing system of converting farmland to uh, organic and ultimately USDA organic certified. So uh, in the case of uh, procuring, we are in a situation where a certified transitional crop cannot stay in transition in perpetuity. So part of QAI's standard is that the the farm, and ultimately those that control the farm, in many cases, you know, privately held farmers, uh, they have to be committed to that three-year transition. And uh, that is part of the protocol. So yes, we have uh, our team, constantly looking for uh, new sources and constantly looking for farms who are exploring that that move from conventional farming to organic, and we can help them if they follow the protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can help <laughs> them by rewarding them with a, a price, as I said, somewhere between what the conventional price for the crop would be and what the price would be if it was a USDA organic certified crop. So we're really helping that that farmer get over that decision-making process and helping them transition. And then this becomes a virtual cycle where you've got farms transitioning uh, to organic. That then creates more supply of organic ingredients, which ultimately we want to address the goal uh, or address the issue uh, of making uh, farmland uh, more available in terms of organic farmland and the fact that less than 1% of U.S. farmland is organic.
2: One more question, Elaine? Sure, yeah. Um, what is your thinking regarding local sourcing without the organic label? Um, so over Twitter, the, the comment was that they appreciated that it may not work for a, a company the size of Kashi.
1: That's a good question as well, the, uh you know, we've seen the rise of local sourcing, which is which is fantastic. And in, in some of those cases, uh, you have very small farms. Believe it or not, San Diego's got the largest number of small farms in the United States. Uh, and so, you know, you go to a restaurant, or you, you but you, you get a lot of local ingredients, which we think is is fantastic. Clearly, for a national product that needs to make you know consistent. Uh, food and consistent promises to you know consumers you need to ensure that you are meeting consistent protocols so in the in our case being a national brand we are very focused on adhering to protocols so making it very clear which products we have are USDA organic certified being very clear about which products we have are certified transitional
2: got it got it so what's next for this program amy are you are you, is, are you about where you thought you were going to be? Is, is demand greater than you thought it would, would be? I mean, what, what's, what's next now for the next year? Yeah, we, like, we've
1: had a lot of great support from customers and consumers be, behind this uh, program. And uh, we think that there's an opportunity, as I said before, for more companies to get on board. And not just in food, but, but in other, uh, other industries, other sectors as well. Uh, QAI is actually here today at GreenBiz, so uh, please reach out to QAI if, if you or your organization is interested. Uh, we have Nicole, our head of supply chain and sustainability. There's Nicole up the front there. Nicole will be on a panel this afternoon at 3 p.m. Excellent. to discuss. Uh, I think the uh, topic, which is a great one, is uh, sustainably scaling niche brands. So during that forum or before or after, please reach out to Nicole. Our goal is uh, to convert all of our portfolio ultimately to either USDA organic or certified transitional. So that's our internal goal as a company, but our more broader external goal is really to leverage this open source opportunity, bring more brands on board, because brands are really the solution around the fact that less than 1% of US farmland is organic. Brands have the power to create the positive change that's needed to address this challenge. So, it's uh, it's an exciting uh, year ahead.
2: Great, you have the power. Thank you, David, <laughs> for your time.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to David Denholm, CEO of Kashi, in conversation with Heather Clancy at the Green Biz Seventeen Conference. For more Center Stage podcasts, go to greenbiz.com/slash Center and while you're there, tune in to GreenBiz350, our weekly podcast covering the news and the people behind the news in sustainable business and clean technology. For all of us here at Greenbiz Group, I'm Joel McCower. Thanks for listening.